Hello and welcome back everybody to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. It's your host, Josiah, so glad to be with you. Um, our last episode, at least as I record them, you know, you are free to listen to them in any order you want. But um, the last episode I did was in Isaiah, and uh, he's one of the major prophets. So I'm excited today because we're going to get into, we're going to dip into a minor prophet, Micah. The book of Micah. So you'll find it back, um, it's a it's past Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. So you go on past those three and you'll find the little group of minor prophets, and you should find them in there, Micah. And we're going to be the last chapter of Micah, chapter 7, going to verses 18 and 19. Okay, we're going to do both. Usually we do a verse of the day, but if we have to do, we got to stick in another verse, that's just fine. All right, so Micah verses 18 and uh, Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. In the ESV, it says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. 19. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Um, these are great verses for a lot of reasons. I mean, you can hear, first of all, this, this is an Old Testament um, book and you hear a lot of um what here on the podcast we like to go after or try to correct that idea that the old testament has this kind of mean-spirited unforgiving god of law and death in it and and there are there is i mean god is a holy righteous uh, god who will not be mocked or beaten in any way and he um, hates sin, and he loves righteousness, and he promises to take care of his people and to um, not put up with anyone who would try to destroy his people. So I'm not trying to sugarcoat the Old Testament and say that it's completely uh, not true, that there's violence in, in, in that in there, but I guess the part I would argue with is that somehow God decided to have unmerited grace and favor on people in the New Testament, but just didn't know about that in the Old Testament, and I would disagree. And uh, this, these verses, among others, would be um, some of my uh, chief evidence for that. Who's a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression? So you, you, the person writing this is writing to a culture, so Micah himself and then the culture he's writing to, they were like us. They didn't have any reason to believe that if there was an, a holy and righteous God, why should he just pass over? Why should he um, forgive our sins? And it causes Micah to say, as it does those of us who've come to know God through Jesus Christ, to say, who is a God like you? <laughs> it's a unique thing, you know, to come to believe in a holy and righteous God who in his heart is got the grace and intention Though no one can make him do it, and he certainly doesn't have to, he has the intention to forgive us and to offer pardon from our iniquity and to pass over our transgressions. That's just amazing. So, and uh, it says here, he does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. Do you see that? He delights in steadfast love. He wants to love, he does love his people. And any discipline or justice or righteousness he brings in, 
he brings in according to his steadfast love. He's always moving everyone towards what would be best for them. And it's only in our stubborn hard-heartedness we resist that in God and push back against him on this um, as he tries to guide us towards doing what would be best for us. Bowing the knee to God, confessing him as Lord, throwing ourselves upon his mercy for his forgiveness, uh, following his every precept and law. This is where human life flourishes. This is where true life and joy are found. And um, through the, the mystery of iniquity, of corruption in the human heart, and we push back against him, we are pushing up against his steadfast love. And uh, we, re- we receive wrath and discipline and things like this because he loves us the way we are but loves us too much to leave us that way. All right. And so um, a few things here. It says, who is a God like you pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? So God had a people uh, in Israel and like us, like so many who have heard the Christian message, the Christian gospel, um, though they were God's people, some of them refused. Some of them went astray. Some of them were faithless to him and left him. But he had a remnant of people. There was some left. After those who wanted to leave, leave the ones who are left are the remnant. And you'll see this throughout from Genesis to Revelation. There's an, there's a remnant idea that, that this sort of large group of people is gathered by the message, but only some take it in with faith and, and a good heart and go with it. And uh, so if you look around you and you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you look at the world and say, man, I sure am, sometimes I feel like I'm one of the only people going this direction, but that, that could be. Sometimes I think we overdo that a little bit and feel a little hopeless. We don't realize there's billions of people around the globe who name the name of Jesus. Maybe they're not all sincere. Maybe they're not, but maybe they are. Maybe a lot of them are. We don't know. We're not to judge. But um, but that being said, there probably is, there certainly is a certain amount of truth where uh, pretty typically for a lot of us, if you look around at your place of work or look around your cul-de-sac, your neighborhood, your apartment complex, your uh, trailer park, you definitely could be one of the few that is um, faithful to Jesus Christ, and you know the gospel in your head that way. We know from the Bible that we are a pilgrim people, okay? So here that is from the Old Testament, from Micah. This is a remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. Now, I love um, the way our um, iniquities and sin are treated or, or worded like an enemy that God is wrestling with and beating up and destroying in Micah 7 and 19. Did you catch this kind of language here? He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. So that sounds like, uh, that is exactly what it sounds like. He's going to walk down our iniquities, you know, stomp them down, walk over them. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You, he switches to addressing God first person, you will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. So there's like stomping down of sin and then taking it and whirling it and throwing it into the sea. Oh, oh man, what a great picture. Oh, what a great day that will be when we see Jesus again and, and sin is finally and forever defeated in this world. I mean, I can't wait. Uh, but anyway, I love how, yes, uh, sin is our enemy, and God considers it his enemy as well. Sometimes you'd think God just doesn't like people, 
but it's sin he hates. And when people allow themselves to embrace sin and characterize it, then God warns them, you're making yourself an enemy of me. But you have to make yourself an enemy of God. He does, you know, at first he starts out hating that sin and he wants to destroy it and separate you from it. But if you cling to it and got to have it more than you want him, that's when you're, you're forcing him to be an enemy of yours. It's not something anyone wants, you know. But I just love how these verses show us that, um, well, I said it's not what anybody wants, but I, it is. There are some people out there who prefer their sin to God, and we know that. Maybe you've been there sometimes in your life too. But what I love here is this clear picture from Micah 7 and 19 that what God would love to do, what he would really love to do, is to make an enemy out of our sin, to tread it down, to take it and throw it into the depths of the sea. You know, That's what he would love to do. And doesn't that sound good? If you've learned through repentance and having your heart um, sanctified by the work of the Spirit, maybe you've come to hate your sin. Maybe you've come to hate those things that separate you from God. And if that's the case, then the, this verse in Micah would just come as such great news. Okay. Um, verse 20 just goes on to talk about, it finishes off the chapter, you will show faithfulness to Jacob, steadfast love to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. So it's just a re um, reaffirmation of God's faithfulness to his people. Um, where can we see Jesus in these verses? This Jesus took on sin hell and the grave as an enemy and he defeated that enemy at the cross um who is god like you pardoning iniquity passing over transgression romans reminds us that god in former days passed over transgressions but now at the revelation of his son he requires that all men come to repentance and he's offered a way of repentance in christ um jesus was a sign that god does not retain his anger forever God had set his righteous laws. He wrote them in our hearts. We were in rebellion against him. Uh, Romans, again, chapter 1, I believe, tells us that people in our unrighteousness, we suppress the truth that we could know about God from the creation, and it leaves us without excuse. We know about his holiness, his power, his Godhead, and we just try to choose to ignore it and go our own way. And instead of destroying the human race, as God definitely could have, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to show, John 3.16, that he does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. The cross is the deepest sign of the steadfast love of God that the earth has ever been um, graced with. He will again have compassion on us. That's Jesus. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. That's the cross. He, You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. Jesus was crucified for us, rose again, conquering sin, hell, and the grave, and it's cast into the sea and will not be seen again. So, um, love these beautiful verses for Micah. Hope you have seen some good stuff too. Pardon me. Um, if you're not, if you don't usually go to the minor prophets, if Micah, if this is the first time you've ever heard something from Micah, you might try it out. Go um, first to verse uh, to chapter 7. You might be surprised what you find. Go first to Micah chapter 7, just see, and then once you see that, you'll want to get some more context and see what's going on throughout the whole book. Wait for the God of salvation is what my ESV uh, puts as the subject over Micah chapter 7, so try it out. All right, guys, love being with you. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.